You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. I do have a message for you today, uh, and I have titled it Dream Versus Reality. Dream versus reality. Yes. It is the last day of the year. It's the last day of 2017. And for many of us, when we approach the end of a year, we assess the year. We think about the things that happen in the year, the good things, the bad things, the things that we want to turn the page on, the things that we want to move on from, but also the things that we want to see happen in the next year, the things that we are hoping and dreaming for. And most of us will dream for the new year. We will dream for new opportunities. We will dream for new outcomes, we will dream for things to happen. We will dream like we dreamed before. We will dream for things to move forward. We will dream for progress. We will dream of achieving or at least coming closer to a goal or something that we have in our hearts. You know, but there's a disconnect between dream and reality. There's always a disconnect. There's always a space. There's always a distance between what we dream an actual reality. And this can happen at any level. This can happen at any uh, uh, kind of, of, of dream. It could be something really important, something that you really want to see happen, or something a little bit more trivial, that there's a gap between the thing we dreaming, we're dreaming for and the re- becoming uh, uh, the reality of that something. I'll give you a simple example. Last week, the in-laws were in town. And it's always a lot of fun when the in-laws are in town. We love when they come to town because the kids love seeing the grandparents. And the parents love leaving the grandkids with the grandparents. And <laughs> we love just, you know, taking this some time, some needed time for ourselves. So we did that. We, 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 I enjoy my in-laws, their company very much. And I also enjoy leaving them. So we did that on Wednesday. <laughs> I love them. They're great. We did that on Wednesday. Alini and I took the day off and uh, we went into the city. And uh, we're just talking, walking, and uh, we're making our way to Central Park, and we're walking by Times Square and just, you know, sharing, and, and, and we like talking. And so we took the day to just walk in Central Park and talk. And as we're walking by Times Square on our way to Central Park, uh, we saw that the stage for tonight's party was already up, the New Year's Eve party, the big ball drop in New York City and I started sharing with Alini the, the what God was placing in my heart for this message today this idea of the, the 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 space between dream and reality when we dream for something and we think of something uh, uh, the way it's going to come to pass on, on how it's going to unfold and how it actually unfolds there's a difference there right if you've ever uh, dreamed of something and saw that come to pass there, there's a few surprises that, that come along with that so as we're walking by uh, Times Square, we started talking about and thinking about all the people around the world that dream of being in Times Square for New Year's Eve. And we were talking about all the people around the world that look at it from their homes. They look at it in the television and they see all that magical, beautiful, carefully curated director cut you know, of that, that, that couple kissing at midnight or, you know, the confetti coming down and the bands and the celebrities and, you know, Ryan Seacrest looking his best, hosting the show. And they're in their living room, warm under their blanket, eating some popcorn and thinking, I should be there. 
I should be right there. But I've talked to a few of you who have been there. And the experience of those who have been there is nothing like the dream of being there. The experience of those who have made the, the trek down there is nothing like those who have been there. In fact, we were talking about with some friends on Friday. I, I, I just shouted in, in, in the living room. We were, we were together. There was like seven kids there. They didn't even know that this was a message research in the living room. But I, I just shouted jokingly, obviously. Hey, you know what we should do? We should take all the kids to Times Square and watch the ball drop on Sunday. And uh, two of the dads shared their stories. And uh, it's nothing that you want to see again or that you wouldn't want to repeat. In fact, I was talking to a cousin of mine, just so you, so you know how this is, this is a, a big dream of people. A cousin of mine who lives in Atlanta, he grew, she grew up in the South. And, uh, and uh, she was, you know, I t was talking to her through Instagram. And I was like, hey, you guys should come up here, you know, anytime our house is open. She was like, oh, my gosh, it's a dream of mine to go to New York, especially New Year's Eve. Not this year, of course, because I'm pregnant. She's pregnant with her second kid. But especially New Year's Eve. And I'm like, should I, should I let her know the reality of this dream so she can actually have some context? Or should I just be a nice cousin and say, yeah, keep that dream alive and come. <laughs> so I had a scripture in my heart. The truth so shall set you free. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you know a fun fact about New Year's? Even New York City? Yeah, just one fact I'll give you. People wear diapers because they, they can't leave their spot for 12 hours. And she was like, ew. And I'm like, I'm ruining your dreams, aren't I? She's like, yeah, you are. But it's true. The reality does not match the dream. When you watch it on TV and you dream of being in New York City, you don't think about that the person standing there hasn't moved three inches in 12 hours. You don't think about the fact that that person hasn't had a sip of water in two days so they don't have to go to the bathroom. You don't think about the fact that they have been shoved, pushed, stepped on, and, and, and you know, squeezed for all the entire day. Hadn't had anything to eat. You think that they're counting down and they're celebrating the new year. They're just glad they, need, they get to get out of there. They're just glad they get to leave. That's what the countdown is really for. I'm getting out of here. The new year in New York is not really what, if, what, it, what, it, what the dream looks like. And that's just a simple, silly example of what it is like to dream and actually face reality. And maybe you're here today, and, you know, in, in a more serious note, you have experienced this, this space, this cliff, this separation between dream and reality. Maybe for you it was the dream of ownership, or the dream of marriage, or the dream of parenthood. The dream of leadership, the dream of wealth, right? The dream of higher education. And as you were walking into that dream, you were met by the reality of the fact that ownership means a higher commitment, means your time, means your effort. Ownership means work. Marriage means compromise, means a lot of conversations. It means a lot of communication. You know, the reality of parenthood. You dreamed of parenthood, and now the reality is that you're not going to sleep for the first couple years. And you're constantly, you have that, that little person constantly in your mind. And it's, it's gratifying, but it's also, you know, it, it takes all of your energy in your heart. You know, the reality of wealth. 
is met by the fact that the more wealth you have, more you have to manage, more expenses you have. You also now get invited to all the parties and all the baby showers and everything. Everybody wants to be a godparent, wants you to be a godparent, which means there's more boundaries. The reality of leadership means that now you have a bigger burden to bear. You have conversation, harder conversations to have. The truth is that when it comes to dreams, you don't really need additional discouragement from people. You don't really need anybody else coming to you and saying it's not going to happen because reality, life, pushes you back hard enough. When it comes to dreams, there is enough in the reality of it becoming true that can push you back. And life, life can, life can do that job for you of, of discouragement. And what happens is that many, many people have embraced this idea that if a dream seems impossible, the mature thing to do is to let it go and to just embrace that moment, that reality that they have. A lot of people have believed in the fact that growing up means to letting go of a dream because it seems impossible. But I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to encourage you today with this thought that growing up actually means to see that dream and reality actually are connected. That they exist. That they are interdependent. You see, I reject that idea that you have to let go of your dreams and that means maturity. I think that there is something in you right now that, that needs to come out. And reality is actually what's going to bring it out. What you're going through is actually what's going to bring it out. And my message today is to encourage you. Encourage you to not let go. Encourage you to embrace. Encourage you to hold on and to keep believing. So I want to share with you a few thoughts. I want to share a few thoughts on this idea. And I have three advices for you. These are three advices, and they, they're not like steps. They're not things that happen inter interdependently. They're things that are connected. They are all together. And we're going to dive in into the story of Joseph for a little bit here. I'm going to give you a summary of his story. But the first thought I have for you, the first advice I have for you, based on the life of Joseph, is this. If God is the dream giver, God can deliver. If God is the dream giver, God can deliver. See, in Genesis 37, you find the story of Joseph. And Joseph enters the pages of history. He enters the pages of the scriptures at 17 years of age. And at 17 years of age, he is a boy surrounded by 11 brothers. And Joseph has a dream, an actual dream that becomes his life dream. But it was an actual dream. And we're going to read about it. But the life of Joseph had four distinctive stages. And we see that in each stage, there's a lesson for us. There's four distinctive stages in his life. The first stage is the, the stage of a dreamer. He was a dreamer. At a young age, 17 years old, he got this dream. He received this dream. He embraced this dream. And he was a dreamer. The second stage was slavery. He became a slave. The third stage of his life is that he became a prisoner. Wrongfully accused, he became a prisoner. And the fourth stage was actually the stage where the dream became true, became a reality. The dream of being a ruler, a governor. So we're going to dive in 
into the life of Joseph, uh, Abraham's great-great-grandson. If you don't know the story, we're going to read from Genesis 37, chapter, uh, ver- chapter 37, verses 6 through 11. And we pick up on the scripture and it says, He said to them, that's Joseph, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gather around it and bow down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Remember, he had 11 brothers. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is, this, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. If you read the story, you realize that it seemed as though the dream was the problem. It seemed, it seemed as though holding on to that dream was actually what got him into trouble. Because the first reward for his dream, the first reward for sharing his dream, for believing his dream, for being excited about the dream that got put in his heart was slavery as an act of mercy. His brothers really wanted to kill him. But his older brother spoke some sense into them and said, no, let's not kill him. So Judah, one of the brothers, ended up selling him as a slave to the Egyptians. And that's what happened to Joseph as soon as he revealed his dream. As soon as he vocalized and believed in his dream. But even as a slave, he kept believing. Even as a slave, he held on to the dream. What happened is that scripture says that the Lord was with Joseph. And everything he did, the Lord was with Joseph. He ended up being purchased by an Egyptian dignitary. And if you know the story, it was, his position was he was a Potiphar. He was one of the governors uh, under uh, Pharaoh. And Potiphar and his wife had Joseph in their house. And Joseph was so blessed. And the hand of God was so visible in his life that Joseph be, uh, became uh, everything that he did was succeeded. So Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar decided to put Joseph over every single thing in his house. He basically ran the house because uh, Potiphar recognized the favor of God in his life and this is where the rubber meets the road because there's a couple things in the story here that's worth mentioning I'm not going to read it from the scripture but you can follow it it goes from Genesis 37 all the way to the end of the book of Genesis I think chapter 48 it's it's a long story and it's worth reading if you, if you want to if you want something to read for <laughs> this this new year uh, uh, that's a great story for you to read and couple things that's worth mentioning in this development is that Joseph kept his allegiance to God and he was tested on it he was really really tested on it but he kept his allegiance to God something happened in that story that the wife of Potiphar Potiphar's wife his master's wife the man who bought him and put him in charge she was attracted to Joseph and she wanted to get him she wanted to sleep with him that's what she wanted to do and as the story goes she tried to find ways to get him uh to lay with him and and it didn't it didn't happen 
and, and Joseph was denying. Scripture says that Joseph did not listen to her. Joseph would not listen to her. Now, this story might be a story, if at a glance, you might think this is a matter of morality or a matter of self-control. But really, it was a matter of Joseph deciding who was uh, his allegiance with and who was actually the one who gave him favor, who was the dream deliverer, who was the one who was going to deliver the dream. And you may be here today, you may be in a position, in a situation where in the beginning things were well. Just like Joseph, in the beginning you saw favor. In the beginning, because you were excellent in everything you did, uh, people showered you with compliments and things were going well. But then when you stuck to your principles, when you stuck to the things that you believed you're supposed to do because of the convictions that you had, things began to turn. That's what happened to Joseph. When he said no, when he said, when he didn't listen to her, things began the turn and he went from being someone who had the favor of God to being a Hebrew because that was her accusation she went to her husband and said how could you trust a Hebrew she went straight for his ethnicity you know how could you an Egyptian leader trust a Hebrew see my encouragement today in this first uh, point this first advice that I have for you Keep your allegiance to God because if God is the dream giver, God is the one who will deliver. See, people will vacillate. When people can manipulate you, when they can get you to do what they want, they will turn on you. But God will never turn on you because he's the one who has given you the dream. And that's what happened to Joseph. He stuck with his principle. He stuck. He, he kept his allegiance to God. And this is what happened. He was thrown in, pre in prison, wrongfully accused. He was turned, uh, thrown in, pri in prison. She created a situation where uh, got him into prison. But even there, even in prison, he, became, he remained faithful. And through it all, through all this injustice, and this is a very, very compressed version of the story. But through it all, through rejection, slavery, injustice, because he trusted God, Joseph indeed saw his dream come true. Because God Took him through it. The second thing, second advice I want to give you is this. When God gives dreams, it is always bigger than it seems. When God gives dreams, it's always bigger than it seems. Another layer of this story okay, for you to just keep in your heart today is that at 17 years of age, when he first received the dream, it seemed as though the dream was all about him. When he received the dream, when he saw, you know, that his chief... His chief standing upright and everybody bowing to him or his star standing upright and all the other stars and moon and sun bowing to his star. It seemed as though it was about him. It seemed as though it was about him becoming a ruler over his family. It seemed as though the whole point of the dream was that he was going to become this figure of authority, this important person. At 17 years of age, the dream looked a lot different than what it actually was for. But if you read the story, if you follow the story, you understand this. That Joseph's dream was not about him at all. See, because Joseph, the way that he, he came to power was that because of his wisdom and because of his relationship with God, he was able to interpret a dream that Pharaoh had. And through that interpretation and that wisdom that he showed, Pharaoh was so impressed that he said, 
you should be the person to run this whole thing. The dream was this that Pharaoh had. There was going to be seven years of famine. And if they didn't have the right kind of strategy, everybody was going to suffer. So Joseph basically said, this is what you should do, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was like, you, it seems like you have all the plans, so you should be in charge. That's how he rose to power. Joseph had a dream that seemed like it was about him, but it wasn't about him at all. It was about saving his family, saving the, 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 the promise that God had made to his family, but also saving the people of Egypt, fa- saving a lot of people in the same way. When you look at the dreams, the things that God placed in your heart, I don't know what you have in your heart here today. But you may have a dream that may seem impossible. You may have a dream that you look at your reality right now and you don't see a connection between now and then. You don't see a connection between where you are and your dream becoming a reality. Joseph was in the same situation. But let me encourage you with this. Whatever God put in your heart, it's bigger than it seems. Whatever dream God placed in your heart, it's bigger than it seems. It's not just about you. It's about the people that you're going to help. It's about the people that you're going to affect. It's about those that are around you and the people that you are supposed to bless. And just like Joseph was exactly who he needed to be for the task and the dream that he had at hand. I want to encourage you here today because Joseph was put in prison because of his ethnicity, because of a prejudice against where he was from. And I don't know what you have faced. I don't know what, where you have come from. But I want to encourage you for you to know this, that there is nothing about where you come from. There's nothing about your age. There's nothing about your gender. There's nothing about your ethnicity that can keep you from the dream that God has placed in your heart. Because you are perfect, perfectly made for the dream that he has chosen you for. Do you believe that today? You are perfectly made. You have everything you need. See, we live in a world that likes to make it all about us. We live in a world that likes to make the things that are happening and our dreams and our outcomes all about us. But if we do that, we're actually going to reduce and minimize what God wants to use our lives for. See, if Joseph thought that everything was about him, he would have missed the vision and the dream and the purpose. Here's here's Joseph's epiphany. Here's when he realized uh, what the dream was about. After He had already become governor after his family had to leave their home and come to Egypt because they found out that Egypt was the only place with food. He was reunited with his family. And this is what he told his brothers. Genesis chapter 45 verses 4 through 7. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I'm your brother, Joseph. They thought he was dead. Whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. And there there are five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. And to keep alive for you many survivors. He understood that when God gives a dream, it's bigger than it seems. And that's what I want to speak to you tonight. Whatever you have in your heart, whatever God placed in your heart, it's bigger than it seems. 
The third thing I want to encourage you with today, and my last advice to you is this, and it sounds clunky, okay? But it's this, your present reality is your dream's future history. Your present reality is your dream's future history. See, here's the thing about dreams. We start the year with dreams. We look in the new year and we think about dreams. We analyze and assess our lives and we think about our dreams. But dreams have no history. When you hear about people that achieve their dreams and you hear what they went through, you realize that there's a lot about their reality that didn't really look like it was going to lead them to the place where they were supposed to go. And the same is true with you. And if you haven't heard anything, I want you to listen to this point here today. Because we get fixated with the thought of bringing our dreams into reality. We get fixated with this idea of bringing dreams into reality. When actually what we, heard from, what we learned from scripture and even history is that what, what is most common is that the most challenging realities are the things that give birth to dreams. And it may sound like semantics. It may sound like just flipping words around. But what I want you to hear here today is that what, what, what we need, many of you, what you need is not a new dream. What you need is a change of mindset. It's a change of perspective. You know, you got to see your reality where you are, uh, where you find yourself today, right now. Not in as, as an obstacle to your dream. Not as an obstacle to where you're hoping to go. Not as an obstacle to the situation that you're hoping to achieve. But it's history in the making. It's the history of your dream. In other words, you are going, what you are going through right now is not necessarily keeping you from your dream. But it's shaping you. It's molding you. It's empowering you. It's getting you there. What you're going through right now is not keeping you or holding you back from your dream, but it's taking you and shaping you and preparing you for it. Your reality is not killing your dream. Your reality is giving birth to your dream. And this morning, really, if you, if you don't listen here to anything, if you, don't, if, you, know, if you forget, by, by this time tomorrow, this message, I want you to get this in your heart. Whatever you're going through that might have seemed, you know, disconnected from the, the place that you want to get to in 2017. Whatever you went through. And maybe you're thinking, you know, this has nothing to do with where I'm supposed to go. I want to encourage you. You know what? God can use that to shape you, to build you up. You know, you look at the life of Joseph. He spent over two years in prison, wrongfully accused. He could have thought, my God. What is this dream worth of? Like, what, what, what is this dream worth for? What, what has gotten me? You know, I believed in this, and, and it got me estranged from my family. I believed in this, and I was sold into slavery because of it. I believed in it, and it got me in prison. See, everything was telling Joseph to let go, but he didn't. And eventually, all those stages, every single thing that he went through, equipped him empowered him to take the position that he was supposed to take. See, some of you here, what you need is not a new dream. What you need is a new vision, a new perspective to look at the situation that you are going through right now and see that it's an opportunity for God to shape you, to mold you, and to get you where you need to be. Here's the thing. Sometimes we look around us. 
we look at the things that are coming at us. And we look at the reality around us. And we submit our dreams and our thoughts to it. But God didn't put your dream around you. He didn't put your dream above you or beneath you. He put the dream in you, in your heart. And my encouragement to you today is that you may believe in what's in you. Don't look at what's around you. Look at what's in you. Don't look at what's surrounding you. Look at what's in you. Don't look at what's coming against you. Look at what's in you. The faith, the belief, the dream that God put in your heart. Because he can take you where you need to go. Do you receive it this morning? Do you believe it this morning? Amen. Listen, if God told you you're going to be king, using the story of Joseph here, it's going to happen. If God put a dream in, our, in your heart for a company or, or, or whatever it is that you want to see uh, an idea, a product, it's going to happen. So long as you keep the faith, so long as you keep your allegiance to him, so long as you keep your heart connected to God. Know that your reality, what you're going through right now is history in the making. Your season right now is history in the making. God is not done with you. So we're going to go into the new year full of faith, believing that he has amazing things for us. So remember, if God is a dream giver, God can deliver. When God gives dreams, it's always bigger than it seems. And your present reality, what you're going through right now, is actually your dream's history in the making. Do you believe and receive it today? Would you mind standing with me? Amen.